This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, Hall of Fame harness driver John Campbell joins us today. And John, who is now president of the Hamiltonian Society, will talk about tonight's Breeders' Crown Stakes at Woodbine Mohawk Park as the best of the standard bread set meetup. John, who retired from driving with purse earnings of $303 million and is part of the Harness Racing Hall of Fame, the Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame, and also the Canadian Sports Hall of Fame. He is no stranger to Breeders' Crown's events, having won a record 48 Breeders' Crown races, 48 of them. Shortly, John will join us today to talk about the great Carter racing tonight at Woodbine Mohawk Park, which includes eight Breeders' Crown events, all worth $810,000. And what we can expect to see is it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown. Also, recently, Woodbine Entertainment welcomed back Hugh Mitchell when this past September he was named Chair of the Board of Directors, a position where he will provide leadership, guidance, and governance as Woodbine Entertainment fulfills its mandate to sustain and grow horse racing in the province of Ontario. Hugh, who has been on Woodbine's Board of Directors since 2018, was most recently the President and Chief Executive Officer of Western Fair District in London, Ontario from 2009 to 2018 and also served as the Chair of Woodbine Entertainment's Standard Bird Racing Committee since 2020. Shortly, Hugh will join us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. In addition, well, friend of the show, Mark McKelvey, is also part of today's show. And what would a stakes-filled car to racing tonight at Woodbine Mohawk be? Without a visit from Mark, who was Woodbine's communications manager, as we mentioned earlier, it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown tonight, and shortly we will hear more from Mark as he breaks down tonight's racing card at the Campbellville Oval. Can't wait. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their ponies picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Oh, it's going to be a great show. So you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from dark horse to winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government, and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. 
Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you the expert in all things ponies, my co-host, the esteemed Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Excellent, my friend. Uh, before we get to tonight's uh, Breeders' Crown, where everyone's excited about, next weekend, two big days at Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, I think we said last week, it's a potpourri of uh, racing these, these next uh, two weekends uh, with the, the Breeders' Crown and, and uh, the Breeders' Cup. And uh, you're seeing the best of the best, you know, in, in, in both breeds, you could say. And, uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Well, and Larry, we have talked to so many people at so many tracks across North America, and even the people involved in them, they've been quite surprised at the size of the handles that have gone on steadily, consistently through the year. Mm-hmm. And I'm anticipating, I know tonight in the Crown, but especially next week in the Breeders' Cup, some big, big money being wagered. Oh, you're going to see some huge numbers, and uh, you're going to see some some great racing like tonight. We're we're seeing uh, you know Bulldog Hanover. And, yeah, uh, possibly a once in a generation horse. Exactly, and and uh, you're seeing a mare by the name of Atlanta mm-hmm. make, making mm-hmm. her final start. So um, yeah, and then you know next week you got the Breeders' Cup and uh, you've got Moira and and Last Call and Cairo Consort, which are all you know Canadian content, and then you've got your best jockeys and uh, you know so. Uh, and tonight you've got your best drivers. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a great week. It is always a thrill to be joined once again by friend of the show, Hamiltonian Society President and Multi-Hall of Famer John Campbell, joining us to talk about tonight's Breeders' Crown Finals at Woodbine Mohawk Park. John, as always, welcome. Thanks, Larry. It's my pleasure to be on. Well, no problem. And it must bring back some good memories considering how many races you won in the Breeders over the years, knowing that this is a big, big night for Standard Bread, the night. Yeah, you know, it's a you know, two-night two, uh, event. Um, all the two-year-olds go Friday and the three-year-olds and up go Saturday. Four races Friday, both eight-pack Saturday. And, yeah, it's, uh, it is. It's a culmination. It's a championship series, and it it really has had a tremendous effect on year of end voting for uh, horse of the year divisional honors. And, uh, there's just so much prestige was that goes with a breeder's crown win. So do you still get the, an extra charge, uh, John, especially now that you're in retirement and you know, you won so many breeder's crown races yourself, right? Do you still get a charge out of, uh, out of the event? I do. I, I still enjoy watching, uh, top horses race. Uh, that, that's something that, uh, you know, that'll be with me forever. And I always was when I was a kid watching the best horses at Western Fair Raceway. I remember hanging on the outside fence, looking at the invitations back then. And so that, that's something that, uh, I, I really enjoy is, is seeing the top performers at each division and gate. Uh, I'll, I'll never lose that. 
So if you had a chance to drive Bulldog Hanover, would anyone even come close to you, John? Ah, uh, no. <laughs> he is special. He's he's an amazing horse. Uh, you know, the the greatest of all time is an argument that people will have, but um, I've never seen a horse can do what he can do. Uh, you know, just to forty five and four and at night and was parked around the first turn. He's just an incredible specimen. What makes him so special, John? Well, he's got all the attributes great horses do. He's got speed, he's got gait, he's got attitude, and he's got stamina. And I think the stamina thing is, you know, what uh, really separates him. What what you have to remember is he's dominating, even though he lost his last race uh, to Alley White Hanover. He's been dominating 47 pacers, and he... He's just been winning by open lengths over really, really good horses. And uh, But I think the, the stamina is probably what separates him from uh, other horses. Do you remember the first time you won a Breeders' Crown event? I do. Yeah, it was the first year of the series. It was uh, actually at Maywood Park with a two-year-old pacing filly called Anneris. Uh She was trained by Storm Nordine, who were you know really trotting specialists, but they had uh, a pacer in their stable and I drove her and she was actually a filly that needed cover and I couldn't hold her in anymore going to the half. I had to come first over and I thought, oh, this would be a disaster and uh, she ended up winning. Okay. Now I read that you won a record 48 Breeders' Crown races. Is there one that still resonates? Is it your first one that still resonates with you or was there another one? Uh, well, obviously... There's a lot of them. I think one of the most special was Art's Place as a two-year-old when he, he set the all-age track record as a two-year-old down there in 51 and a piece. And you had to be there to appreciate the conditions. The wind was really, really severe and, and strong. It, it would be oh, between 30 and 40 mile an hour winds that he went there. So I, I guess if I had to pick one that comes you know, really quick to me just because it was such a, such a, I was in awe of the horse after he went under the wire when I saw the time. When you're in these kind of events, John, you're with the best of the best drivers, horses, trainers. Does it bring out the best in everyone? You know what I mean? Like in certain races, you might have some drivers that are not even in your league that you have to watch out for, but do you ever worry about that in a Breeders' Crown race as a driver? No, you're you're always conscious of of who you're racing against, what their tendencies are, um, and the horses. But what you're what you said about bringing out the best, it does. It, it really there's a it, it's almost like playoff hockey. There's a, an added focus. Um, everybody is, is bringing what they think is their A game. Um, there's so much preparation that goes in from everybody, whether it be trainers, grooms or drivers, you know, just to have their horse at the best. So it, it is, it, it's just amped up and it's very similar to what you see in playoff hockey. The The intensity and the focus goes way up. Hmm. Okay. Talking a little bit about your early career, you, uh, you grew up in Southwestern Ontario. You started driving at Western Fair at London. How did you know that it was time to move on to the big stage like the Meadowlands? Well, I, I, I started in Western Fair, as you said, and then I raced around the B tracks. I raced Godrich, uh, Dresden, Elmira, Woodstock. Um, and then 
I kind of graduated to Windsor uh, after a year or two, and I raced uh, on the Jockey Club, uh, Mohawk Garden City and Greenwood. And then I went to Windsor and then went tried Detroit for a couple of years. And at that time, the Meadowlands opened in 1976, and Ray Remen and uh, Greg Wright had gone to the Meadowlands and then done very well. They both had uh, re- really successful meets. So when they were opening back up in 1978, and the money was just something we'd never heard of at that time, the purses at the Meadowlands, I just said, I'm going to give it a try. If it doesn't work out, I can always come back. And uh, so I went in January of 78 and ended up staying. Did it work out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, geez, that's a good question, Larry. Well, <laughs> certainly moderate success the first year I went, but the purses were just so high that even if you weren't winning that many races, you know, if you were picking up checks, you were making money. Mm-hmm. But what kind of a culture shock was it, John, for you from, you know, small town southwestern Ontario to end up in New Jersey in the suburbs of Newark, New York in 1978? Well, I, you know, I had traveled a certain amount as a kid with the horses. I'd been to Monticello, I'd been to Detroit, and I never had any problem getting around as, as far as knowing where I was going, knowing roads and being able to drive. But anybody that is new to New Jersey, it it's... Mm-hmm. really, really hard. And I was just living less than a mile from the track and I could al- almost see the track when I got in my car, but I couldn't get there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Really, really frustrating. <laughs> I was almost ready to go home before I'd even started a horse. But <laughs> once you catch on and now you don't think anything of it, but I remember that quite well. And people that come to Jersey for the first time, they just go, your roads are screwed up here. I have to agree. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've driven in New Jersey. Yeah. You're 100 percent right, John. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've probably been asked this before, John, but uh, you drove a lot of great horses. Which one do you think was the greatest that you ever drove? Hmm. Uh, that's that's an easy one for me. It's Mac Lobel. Okay. Oh. Um, he just he just it's uh, he he was. With all the pressure we put on our our young horses here, he was a world champion. Two year old won the Breeders' Crown. He did everything he did at three Hamiltonian Breeders' Crown, set the all age world record at uh, Springfield. Went to Sweden and won the Elite Op as a four year old. Still the only four year old to win the Elite Op, and then came back and won the Elite Op at six. So, to me, he's you know he's just an easy choice, and I had. So many thrills driving him. I knew it was special every time I got to sit behind him. John, when you look at the elite drivers in the uh, the best of the best on harness racing run now, right now, are there a few that you look at going, geez, I wish I was in my prime again so I could go head-to-head with them? Uh, no, I, I really don't because um, I'm... I'm fully aware my time is over. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have, I have no regrets of of when I stopped driving. Um, I certainly, I've always been a big believer that the top drivers from any era would be able to compete and adapt to the changes in the horses. And the horses have changed dramatically from when I started driving in 72 and when I retired in 17. The difference in what the horses could do, what they were capable of, their athletic ability, their gait, everything changed dramatically. And the drivers have changed. And, but I still believe 
guys from the 60s and 70s, whatever, would be able to adapt and compete. Now, having said that, I think the talented driver pool throughout North America is far deeper than it's ever been. If you go to some of these tracks where there's young guys driving, they're extremely talented. Um, I think Kyle Cummings is a guy that many people don't know about. He won six races at uh, Batavia the other night, and I think he's an up-and-comer, and I think there's that, that talent pool from the top 50 drivers right now is, has never been deeper or even close to what it is right now. You just mentioned you started in 72. In your wildest dreams, did you ever think you'd be driving as long as you did and have the career you did? No, not at all. I mean, I, I didn't, uh, you know, there's just never imagined, I think, in my farthest dreams back then when you were a kid going around in the wintertime, you'd think, well, maybe I can get a stable good enough to go to Yonkers or Roosevelt. But I I never even imagined anything that uh, the stake races I'd be fortunate enough to not only race in, but, uh, you know, have success as well. Hmm. Talk a little bit about your role now uh, as president of the Hamiltonian Society, John. Well, it, it's, it's something that I, I really enjoy. Um, it, it's really a good spot for me. I'm very fortunate. The groundwork that was laid for the Hamiltonian Society and the Breeders' Crown by Tom Charters and Maura Fanning before, uh, for all the years before that, and since the inception of the Breeders' Crown. And the staff has been great to work with. And as I mentioned, I'm still around all the the big big events and seeing great horses race. But it, it it's a tremendous undertaking. I had no idea what went on behind the scenes before I took over to make events like the Hamiltonian and Breeders' Crown successful and make sure that, you know, anybody that attends is, uh, you know, having a good time and gets everything they need. And then also the participants, the, the owners, trainers, drivers, caretakers, you know, making sure that they have everything they need and everything's in place where they can put their horse on the track and, and perform at its best. So it, it, there is a lot of planning, and it's it's a year-round planning. Um, you know, we'll start right back uh, planning the Hamiltonian. Well, likely before Christmas, we'll have meetings. And then Breeders' Crown is the same. We start right after the first of the year with Breeders' Crown planning for 2023. You know, Larry, the, he mentioned one thing real quick about all of a sudden being in New Jersey, first time, 1978. If you've never been there, it is a shocker trying to drive around that Meadowlands complex. Well, I've been to the Meadowlands a few times, and uh, you cry when you get to trying to so get out of the difficult. parking lot. Well, yeah. I mean, and then because they had, at the time, the Brendan Byrne Arena, and I've been there with the Devils mm-hmm. for NHL, and you could see... Meadowlands Racetrack, Meadowlands Stadium, as he said, you could see it. You could almost walk to it. He thought, well, you can't walk because it's a highway. But yeah, so I mean, to think about 1972 to 2017, exactly. a, a career like that, so fantastic. When, when I used to go to the Meadowlands, I used to take a cab to the Holiday Inn. <laughs> yes. Because the Holiday Inn was right next to, That's the, right. to the, uh, the Meadowlands. I've stayed there. You, you could almost walk to the racetrack, <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about trying to drive. I drove it a couple of times, oh. and, and, it, and it was awful. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I went out for breakfast, and I got there in time for lunch. So. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, well said. <laughs> Woodbine Entertainment's chair of the board of directors, Hugh Mitchell, join us on Ponies 24-7 the radio magazine. 
Please stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, recently, Woodbine Entertainment made the announcement that industry veteran, very respected industry veteran, Hugh Mitchell, would take over the role of chair of the board of directors, and he was no stranger to Woodbine Entertainment, as he's been on Woodbine's board of directors since 2018, and most recently, the president and chief executive officer of Western Fair District in London, Ontario, from 2009 to 2018. Hugh also served as chair of Woodbine Entertainment's Standard Bread Racing Committee since 2020. Hugh... It's a pleasure. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure for me to be on. Well, I mean, that's the thing that I like to see, that someone with your pedigree, your depth of knowledge, your passion for the sport is on the board of directors and name the chair because you too often in business and in life, people get these positions who don't have your kind of background. But this is not just a, a passing fad to you. This is a passion in horse racing. Well, it is, uh, for sure. We have an extraordinary board, mind you. I'm... Uh... When I when I uh, when I arrived, I I actually felt like the weakest link because there's some extremely strong individuals sitting on our board, and of course it's led by our president and CEO Jim Lawson. But but yes, um, I've spent most, not all of my life, um, around horses and horse people and uh, around the racing game. It's hard to get out of your system. Not that I'd want to, but. Uh, I'm actually pretty uh, pretty enthusiastic about about racing's future. Believe it or not, given given all the turmoil and challenges we've faced for the last decade or so, but I think there is a bright future, and it starts with all stakeholders working together. Larry, okay, let's let's talk about uh, your role as chair of the board of directors, and what does it really entail? So, I mean, I carry, as the board does, a fiduciary responsibility to the organization. Uh, that's ensuring that we stay focused on our mandate, for example, 
And uh, let me just speak, if I could, a minute about that man- mandate, because oftentimes people are a little confused about what Woodbine's purpose is. And the fact of the matter is, we're here to to help uh, sustain and grow horse racing in this province and, and, frankly, across Canada. So it is a pure racing organization. Now, to achieve that, frankly, um, paramount tool wagering revenues is not enough. We've had to have some support from the government with a long-term funding model. But uh, equally important, Woodbine uh, is aggressively pursuing other ways to generate revenue to support that mission and mandate as a racing organization. So I, I want to stress that. The other part of a board is to sort of help protect the assets of the company through, uh, through accountability practices and policies um, to ensure the financial health of the organization and to, and to also make sure that it has a focus on the future of the organization. So, so in a nutshell, uh, carry a fiduciary responsibility to, uh, to the organization. We are not involved in its operations, nor should we be. And uh, there's a clear distinction between fiduciary responsibility and operating responsibility. Well, you know, I'm glad you brought that up about the health of the sport in Canada, because most people would assume you're just worried about Woodbine. But if we have a healthy horse racing industry coast to coast, it benefits everyone. It sure does. And, uh, and you know, so it, we're, 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 we're much stronger together than we are apart. And, and the other thing I want to stress is oftentimes people see um, the future as as trying to go back to the way it was or wanting to secure what we have. And frankly, uh, it's not the status quo is that we're pursuing. This industry will have to change like every other industry and sector of the economy. We have to embrace change. We have to champion it. And it, and it may not look 10 years down the road or five years like racing is today, and we have to. We can't be afraid of that. We have to embrace that. So, so yeah. I. I'm, I'm, I mean, you look around at the investment going on at Woodbine site right now, in terms of the real estate development. I mean, that's very significant. When you look at racing across North America, it's quite unique. What uh, What's happening at Woodbine, and uh, all of which is designed to secure our future as a racing organization. And uh, that's why I feel quite enthusiastic about what the future holds for this industry. Hmm. Maybe uh, for our listeners, Hugh, you can just explain uh, uh, basically what is some of the changes and development that is going on at Woodbine? Well, uh, I mean, you, you can see a considerable amount of real estate development with respect to the expansion of the casino hotel, concert venue to start with, all of which hopefully gets finalized and finished and up and operating effectively in 2023. Um, consideration given to 
uh, go station uh, to support uh, live racing by making it easy for people to get to our site. Those are a couple in particular. We're also really aggressively trying to chase uh, having a part of sports wagering uh, for the purposes of supporting Ontario's racing industry. So those initiatives are ongoing, constantly uh, being pressed uh, with the hopes that we can generate other revenue sources uh, in due course. Did you always want to be involved in horse racing here or did you fall into it? How was your path to this current role? How did it come to be? Well, I started out, I, I grew up on a little uh, standard bed uh, farm. My father was a veterinarian. Um, we owned horses, uh, raced them. Um, so I, I came by it naturally, I guess, and then uh, went to the University of Guelph to study agriculture, agribusiness, and and kind of it went from there. I just... Uh, just found my way back to were two Western fairs shortly after graduating from Guelph, and they were very active in the standard bread business, had an extensive meat, and had a lot of history. And so I just, uh, I just always took an interest in the sport, and uh, just seemed a natural course for me. You you mentioned Western Fair, Hugh. Uh, you were chief executive officer there. Uh, what did that job include? Oh, so so Western Fair was is an society um, and uh, a not for profit, but that didn't mean they couldn't make a profit. It simply means that all the monies must stay within the organization and can't be. There's no share capital, so there's no shareholders to to pay dividends to, but. It, it was involved in a number of businesses. Fundamentally, it was there to promote agriculture. So we had an annual fair with a strong ag- agricultural component to it. Racing was an important part of our mandate as an ag society. Um, we also uh, had a four-pad arena complex that we owned and operated. And we did a lot of events and shows, like a farm show, a poultry show, a beef show, and we did a number of those agricultural events to uh, to support agriculture in our region. So that, in essence, was what we did at Western Fair, and I oversaw that entire operation with a lot of good people working with me. So what are the biggest differences from working at Western Fair to working at Woodbine? Well, I have a different role. Uh, as uh, part of the board, I was never part of the board at Western Fair, so it's a fiduciary responsibility for. So it's an oversight, mm-hmm. at a very at a very high level. Um, whereas uh, when you're the CEO, you're very actively involved in the day to day operations. But I would say Western Fair, the way it behaves and thinks, was a sort of a a bit of a microcosm of. Woodbine, uh, very much like Woodbine in many ways. It was a great place to, to work and uh, stay engaged in racing. Before we came on the air, Hugh, we were, we were kind of reminiscing about, you know, the last time you and I had, had, had met 
uh, you know, back in, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even going to mention the year, <laughs> <laughs> but at that time you were working with Woodbine and that, and now you're back. Um, is it a different atmosphere now? Is there a lot of changes? Yeah, I think, I think there is a lot of changes. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, I left in 2005, I guess. So what's that? 17 years. I mean, you would expect uh, there to be a lot of change. Technology is a big part of the operation, uh, a huge part of the operation today. Um, a lot of the parameter wagering that's off-site. Um, but the, you know, the, the production, at least as it relates to the horses on the track, training, stabling operation, a lot of that uh, has stayed the same. Um, when I say the same, it it's the same function and has the same importance, which is really important, frankly. Uh, I, I see the backstretch is the real production part of the business um, as, as horse people prepare horses for racing. But I, I think that the climate, I, uh, I, I think uh, the government is, because of the long-term funding model is more involved in our game. And uh, it, it's my personal hope that in time we're able to, uh, to, uh, to, to get ourselves off the funding model for horse racing that the government has, which was put in, I guess, when the wind government was, was in place. Um, and this may be controversy to some, but I, I really believe the sooner the industry gets to a sustaining point where it can fund itself, the better it'll be. Um, no disrespect to government, uh, but a model that constantly requires government direct funding is always going to be exposed uh, or leave an industry exposed. So, that's why it's important for us to pursue alternative revenue sources to be able to finance ourselves as an industry without relying on government support. So, Hugh, what's the key to doing that? Is it more casinos? Is it what is it to make sure you have enough revenue? You don't have to rely on government funding anymore. Well, I wish I was smart enough to know all the answers, <laughs> but I don't. I, I think what we're doing is the right course, which is chasing down sports wagering, trying to expand the envelope of entertainment offering at the site with the casino, with concerts, with other uses uh, and venues that support creating a destination site uh, where not just racing fans attend, but where we bring new people who are not yet acclimated to the game, where we bring new people uh, to create more racing fans. And I think that's the ultimate goal is to try and create more racing fans. And so the initiatives such as the expansion of the casino such as the possible go train station. Um, those in, in sports wagering, um, those, those things are really there to try and expand our customer base um, and make our 
uh, ensure that our product is top of mind in people's choices and menus of entertainment uh, options for themselves. So does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense to us. Uh, well, you're you know, like you're way above our pay grade, Hugh. So if you're telling us it makes sense, Hugh, let, let me tell you, Larry and I think it makes sense. Trust me. Okay, <laughs> you got to get started. Yeah, Woodbine has gotten started. Um, uh, you know, we 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 all get measured by our actions, not our words. So there is an expectation that we be successful, and so we're focused. I'm making sure we're, we'll be successful. We can't do it alone. We'll need a lot of support, um, industry support. But I can tell you we're fixated on trying to secure a future for horse racing in this province. You, thank you so much for doing this. A great insight. And with you and the board of directors as the chair, Woodbine's in some good hands for the coming years. Thank you so much, my friend. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Good to chat. Pleasure. After the break, when we come back, Woodby Mohawk Parks, Mark McKelvey will join us again on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, and we'll talk more about the Breeders' Crown. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? you need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at cosaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, friend of all, Mark McKelvey, communications manager, Woodbine Mohawk Park, joins us today. And, well, I mean, he is a very, very busy man these days as Woodbine Mohawk Park is in the midst of tremendous year-long race meet. The stakes just keep getting better and better. Of course, tonight, eight huge races totaling $4.5 million to cap off the Breeders' Crown. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, this is such a big Saturday for harness racing, not just for Woodbine Mohawk Park, not just for Canada, but all of North America, Mark. Yeah, it certainly is. Every year, the it all comes down to the Breeders' Crown. It's not just a tagline. Um, over, I believe, 240 divisional champions have been crowned uh, after winning a Breeders' Crown race, and this is now the 39th year of this event. So, uh, like I said, it's it's the best of the best. They're here this weekend, and it's a lot of fun. 
Okay, you've got eight races tonight. Talk about them. Uh, any that you're looking forward to uh, to, to seeing? Where, where where do you want me to start? <laughs> There's all kinds of uh, all kinds of intriguing storylines, and it just I think right from the beginning to the end, we're going to have a lot of fun. And right off the hop, so the, the first Breeders' Crown Final tonight in race number two is the Mare Trot, and it's going to be the last chance we get to see the great Mare Atlanta race here at Mohawk Park. Uh, she's had a lot of great memories here. A few years back, she won the Maple Leaf Trot, beating the boys. Uh, this season, they, for the most part, just kept her against the girls, and she's had another great uh, campaign, but this is going to be it for her career. And the one thing that's eluded her has been a breeder's crown. So we'll see if she can get the job done tonight. And uh, I'm excited to, to see what she can do. And like I said, that kicks things off. And then if you want to skip forward to the final breeder's crown event of the night, we get to see Bulldog Hanover again. So if you're a harness racing fan, it really doesn't get much better than this. It's such a buffet of stars that uh, every single race you're going to get to see the best. And uh, I'm really excited. You know, we got things started last night with the two-year-olds and Coming up tonight, it's the horses that I guess you could say uh, the more established stars. And uh, over the course of the elimination weekend, it was a little chalky. You know, the favorites came through, and, and you know, sometimes you, you want to see those upsets. There was a few, but what it sets up is some great showdowns in the final. And I look ahead at a couple of races where I think we're going to see some real good matchups. The, the three-year-old Philly Trot, you've got a couple of Phillies in there, and Joviality and Jiggy Jog. The last time they went head-to-head, it was a great race in Kentucky, and they're going to meet up coming off big wins in their eliminations. The three-year-old Colt Pace, you've got a showdown between the North America Cup winner, Pebble Beach, and the Little Round Jug champion by the Missile. So uh, it sets up for some real intriguing matchups. Well, you have mentioned the, the Breeders' Crown, the final open pace, Bulldog Hanover in six at seven, tattoo artist ridden by James McDonald. That's uh, maybe the best horse against the best driver like right next to each other. Yeah, they're side by side in there, and you know, Tattoo Artist uh, did his best to stick right with Bulldog in the Canadian Pacing Derby. Um, he stuck right with him. He paced a huge mile. Bulldog tied the track record that night, and everybody else uh, felt like they were in another area code. So <laughs> I, I think Tattoo Artist is going to have a opportunity, maybe, to pull the upset tonight. Um, Doctor Ian Moore's trainer kept him here locally, never uh, left after the Pacing Derby, which I think could be a benefit. You know, Bulldog's done a bit of traveling. He's been since the Pacing Derby on Labor Day weekend. He's He's traveled to Ohio, uh, Indiana, as well as Kentucky. So, uh, you know, he's really traveled around, but he, he's looking real good coming into the final, guys. Last Friday morning, he uh, competed in a qualifying race, just a bit of a tightener after there wasn't uh, a need for eliminations, and might have been the best he's ever looked. He went a mile in 51, and after the, the qualifier came to an end, driver Dexter Dunn couldn't pull him up, so he ended up doing another lap of the track. <laughs> went another mile, probably in about two minutes. So uh, it was something to see, and his trainer Jack Darling said he's probably never been better. So uh, I'm excited to see what Bulldog's got. He's coming in off a rare loss. He lost in his last start to, to Alleywag Hanover at the Red Mile. Uh, I'm not going to hold that one against him. I think everybody got caught up in trying to break the world record, and he, he got driven uh, a lot differently than he has been. Dexter Dunn basically just stepped on the gas pedal the whole way, was trying to break the world record. He got down to three quarters and 119 in a piece. And um, there's not many horses as great as they can be that are probably going to be able to hold up. And he, he did his best. And the horse that got to sit on his back popped by in the stretch, uh, you know, really got towed along in alleyway Hanover. But he's no slouch either. He's the, he's the reigning uh, older pacer of the year. He won our Canadian Pacing Derby in 2021. So I'm really looking forward to that rematch between them. Uh, coming up tonight. Hmm. So fast forward to tonight, and should Bulldog Hanover win, is he the choice for North American Horse of the Year award? And if so, would he be unanimous choice? 
That's a good question. I don't think there's any doubt, even if he loses tonight, I think he's winning horse of the year. And I think a lot of that's going to come down to the voters recognizing the kind of attention he was able to draw, the star power that he had. And a lot of the times it comes down to that it factor. And he's really been able to get some eyeballs on the sport that weren't already there. Uh, when you hear talk about the horse and you can double him the world's fastest standard bread, it's already that intrigue. I look at the crowd. We were able to get out for the Canadian Pacing Derby to see him. A lot of people just wanted to get a glimpse. So I think for the kind of buzz that he's been able to generate, uh, if he loses tonight, his record's going to say 12 wins and 15 starts. It's still, it's still pretty darn good. Uh, the only horse I think that can maybe challenge him for horse of the year is the Pacing Mare Test of Faith. Uh, she's the favorite going into tonight's uh, Mare Pace. and. Um, she was an incredible three-year-old filly last year, and she's really transitioned nicely here to age four, which can usually be a bit of a tough year when they move up to the older ranks. She's been dominant as well. She's the only one I think that can maybe push Bulldog Hanover, but I, I don't see it ever playing uh, in the other direction. I think Bulldog will be the horse of the year in both Canada and the U.S. And uh, to your point, whether he'd be an anonymous winner or a unanimous winner, uh, that's possible. I think if he wins the Breeders' Crown, he'd have a shot at that. Mark, I mean, you've put so much into this year in your role, and this is almost like your culmination, like it is for the horses and drivers. Just try to explain to the listeners how enjoyable 2022 has been, considering what we went through the past two years. Yeah, I keep telling everybody that after this weekend, you can put the exclamation point after the words, we're back, right? Like, I think when you look at the North America Cup back in June, uh, if you go over to the Thoroughbred side and the Queen's Plate and the, and the Rico Woodbine Mile, uh, we had great events, and, and it was all, though, a little bit of a learning process. Again, you think about welcoming back crowds. You think about um, what it takes to put these events on. You know, there was obviously a few years where we weren't able to do that. So even internally here, I think with each event that's gone on, we've seen growth. We've seen uh, improvements even. And I'm really excited about the show we're putting on this weekend. There's just a lot that's gone into it. Uh, for myself personally, we hosted a uh, press conference and a uh, post-position draw this past Tuesday evening. We did it at Country Heritage Park in Milton. That was the first time uh, since I've been with the company that we, we went off-site for one of those events, and it was really well-received. Great reaction from the horse people and, and our uh, fellow members in the media industry. So it was uh, something like that, I think, was uh, kind of a proud moment, and this weekend so far has been really great. So uh, I think once we get through this year and we look back, we're going to see a uh, a lot of uh, success, and uh, I think if the crowd comes out the way I think it's going to tonight, uh, it's going to be a, a smashing success. So I'm really, really excited and really um, proud of everybody in the way we've been able to put on these events. And it might sound like we're tooting our own horn, but uh, a lot goes into this, and I've seen a lot of people just like me that have been uh, you know, on the ball here for many, many days in a row, and uh, I hope everyone gets a chance to catch their breath, and then uh, you know we can look ahead to their great events next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Larry, all right, let's uh, switch gates for a bit, Mark. Uh, this coming weekend is uh, Breeders' Cup weekend. Obviously, there's going to be some Canadian content. We hope in in those races. Uh, uh, are you looking forward to Breeders' Cup and maybe talk about some of the Canadian content? Yeah, you know what, I am looking forward to it, and uh, I think this is one of those years where, like you said, there's going to be some good Canadian representation, and that always makes things uh, even more interesting. Obviously, everybody's looking at Moira and, um, you know, what she might be able to do in that Philly Mare turf, and I think after her last chart, we all know that she's uh, more than capable of being really competitive with that group, and uh, I think it's going to be one of those potentials for a redemption story, and uh, I'm excited to see how she'll perform. And what's what's really cool, I think, is the fact that we've got a horse heading there to the Breeders' Cup with so much uh, buzz and, and hype 
that, uh, you know, we've been getting a lot of different folks reaching out here looking for photos and videos. Um, so it's not like the Canadian horses are going in flying completely under the radar. You know, they're coming in with some presence. Um, last call as well for, for Kevin Attard is one that I think will, will perform very well. Cairo Consort, uh, there's a good story. So I'm really excited to see what the, uh, the locals can do this weekend. And um, I know there's going to be a pretty good crowd on hand at uh, Woodbine. Uh, for those couple of days, not just when I talk about the, you know, the gamblers and, and our horse players out there who I'm sure have these two dates circled on their calendar well, well in advance, but also the, the local horse people who I think are really going to want to turn out and, and cheer on our locals. Considering your role at Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park, I mean, when do you actually have a little downtime in the calendar year, Mark? Yeah, you know what, I guess uh, the winter is really, I guess you could say some downtime, but even then, that's where we do a lot of our planning and um, looking ahead, and, and as well, a lot of our housekeeping, right? I mean, there's a lot of projects that um, I bet I've got a nice nice long list that come Monday, I can probably <laughs> stuff that off and go, all right, here's some stuff we want to get done. And, and you're always adding things to that list over the course of the season, things that you realize, well, this would be, you know, some really good stats to compile at some point and, and be able to share and make everybody's lives easier. Um, an event like the Breeders' Crown, for example, as you, I'm sure you guys aren't surprised, uh, they comes with uh, a pretty big team from the Hamiltonian Society who puts it on, and they're just a blast to work with. They're, they're a real treat because, um, you know, I know what it takes to put together our media guides and biographies and profiles for a race like the North America Cup. That's 10 horses. Uh, that's one race. <laughs> this weekend we have 12 championship races, and we've got profiles on everybody. So uh, it's great to have them lending their uh, assistance and um, being able to put the, the information together that I think a lot of people – uh, I really enjoy, and I don't just mean uh, members of the media. I know as a, as a young fan in racing when I was growing up, I couldn't wait to see the stats packs and, and to go back and look at the past champions and, and read a little bit more into the history of the events. So I hope uh, everybody can maybe take some time to check out some of that great work, which you can find uh, on our various social media channels, as well as uh, if you head to the Hamiltonian Society's official website, they've got everything up there. I want to get back to your schedule, Mark, because... During the summer, <laughs> during the summer, I know you were at Woodbine, you were at Woodbine Mohawk Park, but you were also at some of the smaller tracks uh, during the weekend, correct? Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I, I really enjoy getting back out to the small tracks. That's uh, the grassroots of racing, right? And, and it's where you find a lot of passion and um, had the opportunity to go up to Hanover Raceway and help them out a little bit. I was probably up there five or six times this summer on Saturday afternoon when it, when it could fit into my schedule. Most nights or most of those Saturdays rushing back to get the Mohawk in time uh, for our, our races. But um, places like that, I really enjoy getting out to. I, I find there that you find some of the most passionate fans. And, and what I really enjoy is when I can uh, walk into a track like Hanover on a Saturday or, or Clinton on a Sunday around noon. And there's a fan standing there that wants to tell you about like race 12 at Mohawk the night before. I mean, they don't, they don't <laughs> miss anything. So uh, I really enjoy that as well. I get to contribute to a coast of TV, which um, I have to say that the support we've gotten from the, uh, the horseman's group here on the Standard Bird side, Costa, um, to allow us to put on these well-produced uh, live streams of some of the biggest races at uh, the various Standard Bird tracks in Ontario. Uh, I think people really enjoy that. We get nothing but great feedback and we've got an awesome crew um, led by Cujo uh, Entertainment. Um, that's Curtis McDonald behind that. I get to work alongside Greg Blanchard and we get to be at those uh, signature days, whether that's the Battle of Waterloo at Grand River 
or like I said, uh, the Kid Pace at Clinton or the Dream of Glory at Hanover. It's nice to get around, nice to be the different tracks. And um, uh, it's uh, we know it's a big industry, but also a pretty small, uh, close-knit industry as well. And it's nice to see everybody. Mark, always a pleasure. It's going to be a very, very busy day for you and very busy evening. We appreciate you taking some time to speak to us and so do our listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, guys. I appreciate it and uh, enjoy the races tonight. It will do. Okay, after the break, you know what time it is. Larry Simpson looking at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, of course, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some racing at several other North America tracks. So make sure that your HPI accounts and Dark Hearts app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's much-anticipated Ponies Picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7 the radio magazine be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his always anticipated Ponies Picks of the Day sponsored by our good friends at Rocket Ship Racing. Larry... The people need your picks. Take it away. Let's start then. Let's start at Woodbine. Hopefully, we have a very successful day. Woodbine hosts a 10-race card today, and, and race 10 is a maiden optional claimer for Phillies, two-year-olds, Ontario sired for a purse of $70,700. It's at one mile on the turf. There's 11 horses set to go to the post, so nice field. And number six, uh, sharp as a rainbow. Asa is not A-S-A, it's A-Z-A. She seems to be an improving filly, and... Uh, Sharp as a rainbow finished fourth in a uh, conditional maiden special weight last time. And although she was beaten 12 and a quarter lengths, the winner of the race, uh, Ticker Tape Home, actually was a winner by nine and three quarter lengths in the race. But really, Sharp as a rainbow was only a couple of lengths uh, from second place in that race. So uh, that race was at seven furlongs on the turf. 
and was actually the filly's best race so far in her short uh, racing career. And she gets to go an extra furlong on the turf today, which I think should help. Woodbine, race 10, number 6, sharp as a rainbow. Excellent. Next. Okay, Keeneland has a 10 race card today as it readies, uh, obviously, for next weekend's uh, Breeders' Cup events. And race 6 is a small stakes. It's the $200,000 Bowman Mill for two-year-olds. There's a nice group of uh, seven two-year-olds, and on paper, this looks to be a speed fest. One horse that just may be able to raid off the speed a bit is number five, Super Chow, who has won two of his three lifetime starts. Uh, His last race was actually terrific, where Super Chow dueled on the front end at Pimlico and drew off to win by six and a quarter lengths at today's distance of six furlongs. But Super Chow, the race before, finished third in a grade three stakes at Saratoga. This will be Super Chow's fourth different racetrack, but so far he's been able to admit or adopt to any track that he races on. He's been well rested since his last race too, and his last race was on September 10th. He's worked regularly since uh, friend of the show, Chantel Sutherland. Oh, who, Chantel. Yep. She's on board, this guy, for the, uh, she was on board for the Maiden Breaker and is back aboard today. So Keeneland, race six, number five, Super Chow. Awesome. Next. Okay. Santa Anita has a 10 race card today and uh, race five is a six and a half furlong optional $50,000 claimer, three-year-olds and up. Uh, sorry, race, race four. Uh, number two, Redline. Had a terrible trip as a beaten heavy favorite last time. A race that saw Redline stuck behind the slow pace, get caught in traffic, and then while it was caught in traffic, looked very uncomfortable to the point that Redline was maybe actually forced to steady at the half and really had no rally in the stretch. I guess the horse just gave up the ghost after all that trouble. Hmm. Uh, Redline finished a well-beaten third in that race. with, And I think with a better trip today, Redline should be right there as this three-year-old Colt is a winner of three of nine lifetime starts and has finished in the money seven of nine lifetime races. Redline has worked twice since that last race of September 30th, including a five-furlong work on October 20th, and actually has already won at a class higher this year. So Santa Anita, race four, number two, Redline. And finally? All right, Woodbine Mohawk Park. Uh, they've got eight Breeders' Crown uh, races. Race four is the Breeders' Crown three-year-old Philly Trot for a purse of $911,250. Number seven, Werewe Zena, was in traffic most of the stretch in her elimination last week and just missed second once she got free. The fourth-place finish, though, was good enough for Werewe Zena to qualify for tonight's final, and despite all the traffic issues... Uh, she still trotted her last quarter in 26-3, and three, as well as last week's race came off a three-week layoff. And I know when we had friend of the show Bob McClure mm-hmm. on the show, and that's where we seen his driver, she said, uh, on, well, he said it back then a few weeks ago, he mentioned she was sometimes can be very difficult to drive. However, her last few races, looks like the filly is starting to uh, find her stride and mind her manners, you could say, um, She's 8-1 to one in the morning line, so maybe take a chance with her. Woodbine Mohawk Park, race four, number seven, where are we, Zena? Outstanding. Hello to Mark, our friend at the Fans of Horse Racing. As always, thank you for joining us. 
For this edition of Ponies 24-7, the Red Day Magazine, if you'd like a reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7, the magazine, and the new one is out, and it is awesome, email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page lymphoma.ca slash ponies and donate to the cause. Stick around 105.9 the region all weekend long. The legend and Romer's up next with the Feed York region's only magazine show as we're getting you ready for Halloween on Monday. Nothing scary about this show, just winning picks. I'll be back here Monday morning. Thanks for listening. Have fun. Enjoy the races tonight. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7 the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.